Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Benjamin Holden. What are we doing? Are we just holding that one awkward silence here? No, I was just going to let you speak first. I was actually speaking <laughs> to Calavolt silences the other day and how that they can be used in your favour to convey an important point. Well, do you know who did this really, really well? Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah, you going to say He will... I think it's important. It's something I've definitely learned from doing the podcast. I could quite happily, whilst I'm thinking about what I'm saying next, sit in silence for like 30 seconds. I know if you're listening, you're probably thinking, oh goodness, the pause, the, they've just paused Don't the podcast. Don't start getting into like this battle where we're going to have a silent off. Because no, 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 we wouldn't. Podcast in the world. We wouldn't, but it's so much better than going, uh, um, yeah, uh, 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 just stop talking. I think that's, a, that's a really difficult thing to do though, like in, in everyday life. It, doesn't matter what you do either, and especially when you're under pressure. You beco- I become an ermer and uh, you are an ermer. No, do you know what the word I often use? Mm. Um. No, I'm not eating the bagel. No, I'm talking. like you um. No, I use in regards to. That's my connective word. In regard. Oh, in regards to. Yeah, mm. mine's like. Yeah. Like is a strong connective oh, word. Do you know what though? I haven't put the monster sign on, and That's this is a terrible sad. episode today. I've got one of the white monsters, which is absolute peasantville. I think, to be fair, probably nicer than no, the black and blues. I prefer an OG energy drink. I know if Steph's listening to this, Not Your Foodie Fitness, who was all the other day, she loves the white monster. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. It just tastes like lemonade. If I wanted lemonade, I'd go and buy cheap shit lemonade. I'd buy a monster because I wanted to taste like an energy drink. But do you not think the black and blues just taste like a Red Bull? Energy drink? I'm buying is that an what energy it is? drink. So is it an energy drink? The flavor of Red Bull is categorized as the flavor energy drink. You've, to be fair, they've obviously done well. If you yeah, they've done. Regard, s- yeah. There we are. There's the regard. Oh, trying. That's your focus of today's. So yeah. I, I won't say like, and then you don't say that. Yes. And if if we do, guys, it means you don't need to like the video. I'm that's how much pressure's on us today, Ben. Oh, it's not even plugged in. Oh, that's a shame. Maybe we just have to leave it for today's episode oh actually devastated bar we'll just leave it for today's episode we it's not I that enjoyable not anyway okay we're gonna, we're gonna have to leave it but we've also got another drink that we're gonna try out on today's episode yeah which is this the one that i've already tried coro this this yeah. is the one that we had you know, we had the chocolate bites on the other episode yeah. so coro is Butch. this week's sponsor of the podcast bio kombucha drink lingar ingar 750 mil that wasn't English, was it? I think it's, it's a German brand. Is it not Swedish? It's Swedish. I don't know. I might get wrong. Sure. It's well, not. It's. Don't know. How do I open it? Is it going to fizz everywhere? Do you mean how do you open it? Just turn the cork. It's not a cork. It's the same it's thing. A screw lid. Look at that. It's like I've got a bottle of beer. I've I've got glass. You know what are you? Forty-year-old bloke. Oh, it's lovely that. Nice one, isn't it? Do you know why it's so nice as well? It's and I've I've said this before because we drank the whole other bottle last time. It's not too fizzy. In that, terms of it doesn't that's the game changer. It doesn't put you off drinking it. You know what happened to me this morning though, which was hilarious in the car. I drive myself to the gym. What? You know when you have a fizzy drink. So yes. I had I had a knocko can and I was drinking it. But then I needed so I think I needed to burp. Nice. But I but something happened where the fizz came through my nose. Has that ever happened? Fizz comes through your nose. Yeah, and it's it's the worst thing in the whole entire world. It sounds absolutely amazing. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna actually gonna pour a glass of this one. I'll take the lid off for you. It's actually delicious. What is that flavor? Is it just kombucha. natural? It's just natural kombucha. I usually buy the ginger and lemon one because yeah. I prefer that. 
That's nicer though. I think anyway, I personally think that's nicer. Oh, it's like a peachy color. It's like a... Looks like piss. Wow, don't go over the top there with your glass. This is a taster. Like, you know, okay. when you go wine tasting. Wine tasting. Mix it round, look at the legs, have a little sniff of the wine. Oh, don't do that, Ben. You just, just people off. people nice just unsubscribe from the channel because of Sorry, that. Sorry, people. <laughs> no, but that is well nice. And we're going to need more of that one. So you can, out. I'll leave a link in the description to this. This is a, I like a kombucha every now and again, as opposed to just a diet drink, a diet coke or a monster all the time. And that for that coming from you is a big, big. a still, big still deal. Still monster, but you can pick com this kombucha up from Coral. We'll leave the link in the podcast descriptions and the YouTube channel. And you can use code not so fit 5 mm -hmm. And that will get you some dizzy. Yeah, 100%. Today's episode is quite a mixture of topics. Can I just ask for a request? Oh, yeah. Can I ask that if you all listen to today's episode after you finish the podcast or if you <laughs> enjoy it? request for me. Or if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, which I know people have because everyone has been loving the episode of Ollie. They have, to be fair. Had really good feedback on that. If you would be so kind, it would mean a lot to me personally. And Lucy, if you could leave any reviews on either Apple or Spotify podcast. It mm -hmm. really does mean a lot to us. And YouTube, which you can't leave a review, but you can leave a comment mm -hmm. and subscribe, which is basically the same thing. But today's episode is an array of topics, but I think they all intertwine in some, maybe not the first topic. However, the the breadth. The consensus. Mm, consensus. Is that the right word, Cal? Cal, consensus so. of the podcast. The breadth. I was thinking the depth. Of the podcast. The the thing that I really want people to take away from today's episode is essentially how saying no more often can bring you way more happiness in life. And we're going to talk about some of the scenarios of where that can happen and some of the reasons why it doesn't happen mm -hmm. and how we tend to lose a lot of life by trying to be people pleasers. Mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel I personally grew up as a people pleaser. And it's only in the last two years where I've also had that mental mentality of I actually just don't care sometimes. Don't give a shit. A lot of the time. And no, I, I don't fully not give, I give a shit 100% and I still am a people pleaser. It's something that I personally have to work on, but I'm so much better than I was in terms of respect to my own self and how I'm feeling. I think it's, I think when any, anyone ever says to me discuss this in one of the other episodes, whenever anyone says, I oh, don't give a shit, everyone gives a shit to a certain degree. Like I mentioned before, it would make you a complete sociopath if you believe that you didn't care about what anyone else thinks. And also it forms how we act in society. That That's how that's what forms essentially how we act in society. We get feedback from the external. So yeah. it, there, whether you say you give a shit or not, you do. The, however, we, before we get into the main bulk of today's podcast there was something that i wanted to touch on it is very very important topic and i've heard a few other people speak about it over the last couple of weeks i've seen a few other videos one of there's another guy in the fitness industry called josh bridgman who put a video out in the week on instagram which i thought was really good so definitely go over and, and listen to that it's about and this is a difficult topic to talk about but i think on this podcast what we like to do is we like to address those difficult issues and shed some light on them, especially when they're as, as important as this. And it's about sexual touching in the fitness industry and where and when people overstep the mark as personal trainers and as coaches and just as everyday gym goers as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I've personally never experienced it or seen. But that's the thing that I was speaking about this morning is about. that 
it's it's often easy to go, oh, that doesn't happen because it doesn't, it's never happened to you. And I can I, I categorically and, know it happens. Yeah, I know. But what I mean is, when I was younger, maybe more naive, I'd be like, that doesn't happen because mm. it's never happened to me. And not just talking about this, by the way, I'm talking about anything in life. When sometimes you haven't witnessed it, it's like it's not true. And I mean, I see in the gym all the time really sleaze, sleaze bags, guys. I even see people do it to you. I saw people, someone do it when we, when we went out. And it's in the YouTube video tomorrow. This this particular scene isn't. There's a guy who was like creeping around you and Steph. I just shot up from the table like a fucking rocket, just ready to bitch slap him. Because I... he's just a sleazy guy who's trying to like grind by you and Steph. And I see it in the gym all the time. And it just pisses me off because I know we just had International Women's Day as well. I know it is one of the reasons why a lot of women don't go to the gym. Yeah, well, I was looking into this a little bit more and looking at different studies and things like that. And when it comes to the way girls dress or the weight they're going to, going to lift, basically, at the gym, the presence of males plays a highly influential role in terms of it makes them feel a certain way. It doesn't explain what that certain way is. But I personally feel well paranoid. If I know there's someone... You, and do you know what? I think guys think we're fucking stupid. I can see you in the mirror gawping yeah. at me. I know you stood behind me, but there's a mirror in front of me and I can see you. That's, so I, <laughs> I think I've picked up over like the last year, a um, arresting bitch face. <laughs> I can't believe you said an erection then. No. <laughs> picked up an erection. Arresting right. bitch face because the amount of times I get so frustrated in the gym for essentially getting stared at for longer than is appropriate. Yeah. My arresting bitch face, it, it just comes out. And now I'm stuck with it all the time. There is there is a difference between people just being curious and people observing, yeah, I'm not talking about or that. even people respecting what you're doing, lifting, and there's the sexual staring. Yeah. Um, well, it's when they don't take their eyes off you the whole set, and you can see them, or you've had to come over to people. But and been more like, so, what I'm talking about. I think the guy's name, which has sparked a lot of conversation, was Ryan Reed. Ryan Reed, yeah. Put some bullshit. He's got like a massive TikTok. And there's this video that he put out. I don't know if, Cal, you can pop it on the screen if people are watching on YouTube. There's this guy called Ryan Reed, and he put this YouTube video out. And he's, t- he's like, he's pretending, basically, that he's showing something. But he's talking about his cock and just wearing these tiny pants. Oh, I've seen, seen the video. Yeah. A lot of people have been speaking about it. It's just really inappropriate as a, as a fitness coach. And there's also a lot of videos where he's overly touchy. To I, himself, no, or to other with people. clients when he's when he's working with females and giving demonstration videos, he's very overly hands on with the person who's demonstrating the exercise. This is a big warning point, by the way, if you've got a personal trainer who's overly touchy or who you haven't gave consent to to even touch you in the first place. And this is one of the things that we need to be careful of because a PT or a coach shouldn't be touching you inappropriately. And the thing that I always think is disgusting is that personal trainer or coach is in a position of authority so that person has gone in with a lot of trust to touch that to trust that person and if there's someone with a big following as well that automatically swings the power scenario and situation of that whereas people put this person on a pedestal and think whatever he says or she says goes so when that person's then being inappropriately touched or inappropriately communicated with they don't fully see it because they just believe that's the way it is because this person is, I'm so lucky to be working with this person. And it's not, that, that shouldn't ever be the case. And it doesn't matter whether we've seen it 
the reason why we don't see it is because I believe we are great coaches and we would never stand for that. And there's a lot of other things that shouldn't happen as as a coach and that you shouldn't be doing as a coach. Or if you have a personal trainer as a coach, things that you shouldn't be getting feedback with. You shouldn't be getting inappropriate comments if you've got an online coach. When you send check-in images, he's making inappropriate comments about what you're wearing or what you're doing. And the, the, the real shit thing is that happens is that sometimes when people address these issues online, is they're then shut down by other people. Oh, it's just this or it's just that. And they're just playing a victim. Well, it's not. It's fucking not right. Yeah, there's a a level. So, so if you're personal training someone in the gym, I don't think there's any extent where you need to be touching their glutes, their inner thighs, the only thing you could do is help them with a posterior tilt and you could move the hip in a certain position. But I still think, again, you ask for consent before you do. Yeah, like 100% that. you do. But I'm, I'm saying there's no snark because I've seen videos of different influencers, people with big platforms where they've been touching women's inner thighs, their glutes. You don't just fucking tell them or, or demonstrate on yourself. Like you, I've seen some inappropriate ones where... <sighs> You can tell how uncomfortable the woman would have felt in that situation, yeah. but also not say anything because, as you said, it's that power authority yeah. of this person with millions of followers. And what would you say? What What would you do? Some of these videos were horrific. I think a lot of them actually have been taken down now from certain professionals in the industry. But the, the inappropriate of touching in places that should not ever be touched. Yeah. And by the way, you're, you're the person who's paying the coach or the personal trainer you're the one who's in control not mm. not them yeah. so don't feel like you can't sorry don't feel like you can't say anything or you can't get rid of them or you can't speak to someone else to see if that is normal yeah it's not obviously the other thing is people will see videos of me and you sometimes where i've spanked you when you're doing squats and stuff that's different it's like lucy's my partner but we're, we're we're like rumpty pumpty and it doesn't matter we get a spank <laughs> spank on the bum in the gym and i'd hope if you if you found it inappropriate, you'd, you'd also tell me as well. So, but I mean, I don't find it inappropriate when no, I can you see that you're enjoying it in your face. My <laughs> bum in the gym. No, but it's a completely different scenario. Mm. You're one, not my personal trainer, and two, you're my boyfriend. We just happen to go to the same gym. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just want to touch on this because I know there's a couple of things that's been flying around. There's, I don't want to dig up too much stuff, but there's there's warning signs there, and we just wanted to address it today. And hopefully give you some context to it. And also the things that you can do if you've experienced it, like speak to other people. Ask me and Lucy if you think this is normal uh, uh, behavior with your coach. If you if you want a second opinion on it or how to approach it or speak to someone else, speak to another personal trainer who you can trust or rely on. Because these are the kind of things that in the fitness industry shouldn't be happening. And these are the kind of the things in the fitness industry that just need to be squashed and not apparent anymore. Because we've seen it in like the whole... Jeffrey Epstein thing, I'm not saying it goes that far, but it certainly can do that. A, a person who's in a position of authority and power takes advantage of young females. Yeah, a really good podcast episode to listen to actually is the podcast we did with Nar Wilson, the ex-gymnast, and we really heavily went into the inappropriateness of certain coaches yeah. in gymnastics. Do you know why that's good there as well? There was a netflix series on it called mm -hmm. athlete a and it was basically to do with the physio and it, it was 
unbelievable. I think he's had a lot of life sentences now, this person, but definitely go back and have a listen to that podcast episode with Niall because it's really, really the, insightful. The reason why that one's good as well is because I know we've touched, the, talk, touched talked about male PTs or male coaches, but it also happens the way around. Yeah. And Niall's an example Niall's of where example. he was inappropriately touched by a female. Yeah. So it's, just, it's not just a one-way street. No, no, not at all. I think just at the moment in the media, social media world, it's been heavily with male personal trainers yeah. and being inappropriate. It's not even... I, I try to look at the definition between harassment and being inappropriate. Harassment is the next level up, which yeah. is what these people what these people were doing and the women, girls felt they couldn't speak to anyone about it. Yeah. You know, don't you ever work for personal training, have you? You've only ever coached me. I've never had a personal trainer. Yeah. So, moving on for this part anyway, the, the main bulk of this week's episode that we wanted to speak about was essentially things that successful people do. And one of those things, I mean, Lucy, we were having this discussion yesterday is about saying no more. And sometimes in life, we try to please people like we've been about before, speaking about before, which feels like the right thing to do. Because, of course, we want to make sure that those that we are close with, like friends, family, partners, okay. are happy. But at what cost do we do this? Because sp- spread, here's a quote for you and see if you can guess what it's off. Okay. Either of you, by the way, you and Cal. Because spreading ourselves too thin is like butter spread across too much toast. Lord of the Rings. Wee! Going for Cal. Cal definitely was coming in there. You had that first, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Why why has it got an accent? It's just Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I can't be excited. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true though. Carry on. That was what I was essentially wanting to say. What what I still want to start this conversation with. Just to ask you a question. I don't know if this puts you on the spot or not. So you that's, that's um, <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire. You've obviously just said things that successful people do. Yes. How are you defining success or how do you define success? Because there's so many different realms. Because I would Definitely. say you are a very successful person. Yeah. And somebody would probably look at me and I've been told you're a very successful young woman. Yeah. What is your def- what do you see as success? What do I define as success? This is where it's different because everyone's gonna see yeah different ceilings to success so some people who might see success as financial may see then different levels of financial success because different ceilings and we've obviously got that bracket of 75k is, is where deemed happiness is supposed to kind of leveled off when you get to that level of income mm. so that's a potentially a metric of success i think my definition of success and i was thinking about this yesterday I've already achieved what I would have deemed to be successful many years ago. And this is why I was asking you, like, when do people stop reaching? Mm. When do you stop reaching? Because you can be so caught up in the future of like what you believe success is that you pin the point of happiness there that you never reach it. Yeah. And I think because I've now become more process orientated. And what I mean by that is the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, I actually really enjoy. So I enjoy doing the podcast. I enjoy working with you and Carl. I enjoy creating content. I enjoy engaging with the members of the school. I enjoy running the challenges. I enjoy what we do outside of the working place. We are financially stable. I bought like my dream car this year, a house that I love being in. They were 
all things that I strive to achieve. And I think for me, success was having that stability there so that I could enjoy and be more present in what I'm doing. And good. then beyond that is creating a level of financial stability to where your kids get a really good start in life and for them to be as successful as happy as possible is where success would also be for me but then i think my biggest biggest part step up from that would be because of their then created success in my life and created stability to where i initially wanted to be is that how can my biggest success would be now is how could I impact as many people as possible? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think business then becomes as like, how much more can I make? How much more can I make? How much more can I make? It's like, how much bigger impact can I make? Obviously, financial will usually follow because the impact that you're having. But if I can have a better or leave the fitness industry and other people in a better place than once when I first found them, that is success for me now and how my perception of success has changed over the last couple of years. It's very interesting. It's a very good answer actually, because you kind of spoke about all of the features in terms of happiness, wealth, not as much materialistic stuff, but obviously your car is classed as a materialistic object. But I think it does, and I was listening to Stephen talk about this, sorry to interject. I was listening to Stephen talk about this the other day and he's got shit before, the guy who runs the CEO podcast like of or how can you say oh it's all right for you to say that you never get any happier past this point because you're a millionaire and his response was well yes it would take a millionaire to get to being a millionaire to say that happiness doesn't get any greater here but because mm -hmm. otherwise how would anyone ever know yeah it's really interesting isn't it because yeah. i like how everyone has a different perception because a lot of people would from the outside look at success as like a monetary thing but it's just not it's it's so personal to the person and it's different for every single one, which is why it's I think an interesting I, I topic. Still, I still don't think people can say that money doesn't create happiness. It depends on what extent. I think it, it massively depends on then what you do with it. Yeah. Because it, it obviously gives you more freedom. It means that you can go and explore the world. It means that you can go and do nice things, eat in nice places, keep different company it means that you can then have the stability there to go and impact more people do more charity work i'm not saying that you need to be rich to be able to do those things but what you tend to find with a lot of successful people is they do a lot of charity work because they've created stability in their life early on that's maybe more so money gives you freedom not essentially yeah, yeah. like 100 yeah you a million percent yeah i think it's money gives you freedom to be able to do further things doesn't essentially always make you happier and we know that from so many different studies and everything that's out there but the freedom side i think is is massive because when you look even at our business and when we talk about this at performax we didn't really start with anything it didn't make us any less happy with what we were doing but as the business has grown and the finances have grown with it we've had we've been able to do more opportunities and we've had more freedom with what we've wanted to do. I think all those... If that makes sense. All those wins that you get for, as you go through, you still enjoy them all. And again, listen to an, a, another podcast. And I was speaking about this when we do on last week's YouTube about the run video. I 
I think the biggest when I started running, maybe yeah, for the last year and a half, the biggest win for me personally, and the most reward and joy that I felt from running is was when I hit my first five k, mm-hmm. not my first half marathon or first thirty k. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I was that thirty four k. So people always think, oh, if I get hit this big massive yeah. target, but it's the smaller wins along the way that often bring the most joy but you just don't realize at the time because you're still so focused on the half marathon or the big one or Mm. the 100 grand turnover or whatever it may be yeah i mean mine was that 34k which is i I don't know why but i can't really remember running 5k's (laughs) i can remember getting the first five and i was so over the moon with it yeah it's not really something that i tend to do now which five? Yeah, you won't five do it hits. now, but like maybe we could go back in time and see when you did it. And also, I I I've said this to you before. I really want to try and do a fast five and ten k, and that'll be super exciting for me when I completely drop the volume. I'm not aiming for like forty k. I'm aiming for like a five k. Be a completely different realm. Again, with success, I still believe, no matter how you define success, that saying no more will bring you more of it. Yeah, and this this goes back to something that I'm trying to implement more recently. And if you hadn't haven't read the book Essentialism, I've not read it yet, have I? I'll try and explain some of the parts you now because it's a fantastic book. Yeah, I think you will take a lot from it. I think anyone who reads it will take a lot from it. And the thing that's good of it, it's not like one of those books that's like a fucking bible. You know, when you're going through it and you're like you're trying to digest stuff and it's just over the top. I could go through a chapter each morning in like fifteen to twenty minutes easily take stuff in and action it so one of the things that i've been doing is things that are in my life that i need to cut out that take up my time take me away from the things and the people that i should be spending time with and also being more present within those moments because i'm getting time back to just be in the moment not be thinking about other stuff that i probably put in my diary or said yes to because i'm i'm in the moment of what i'm doing and and part of those things are little things how often do I just fill my wardrobe with shit? Mm. I wouldn't. I was one of those people who just hoard stuff. You are a hoarder. Whereas was I'm a, I was a hoarder, you. Lucy. So now I'll throw, I'll throw shit away. I've got rid of a lot of stuff. Not shit. It's just like one of the, the the questions in the book was: Would you still buy the item again, or would you pay the same price for it again? And if not, get rid of it. When was the last time you wore? Have you worn it in the past month? No, we'll get get rid of it. Well, I think one of the best things to do, I mean, I've always done this. So I don't know if I've had, I've not read the book yet. And I think it'd be really interesting when I do. But anything that I no longer wear or just doesn't fit me. I mean, I grew quite a lot in three years. Doesn't fit me. I'll give it to my sister, my mom or charity. And I and I did like monthly like yeah. clear outs. I don't know if I just got in the habit of doing it, which is which I kind of bought to this house as well. Like anything that we didn't use or wasn't necessary, give it away, give it to someone else because we, we weren't going to use it yeah. or there was no value for that specific product or whatever it was in our lives, but it might be a value to someone else. Yeah. Well, that, that, it, it applies to other stuff as well. So for example, in a diary, I just used to fill it with stuff because I thought that's what I needed to do. Oh, and there's, there's stuff in there and there'll be stuff in your diary that you can see you put in time in into a week-to-week basis. And even if you dropped out of your life, nothing would happen. Yeah. Nothing bad would happen. Do you know a really interesting thing that I had researched this morning because I was just looking. I simply research 
things successful people do. And I just wanted to see what came up. Yeah. And successful people apparently do not make to-do lists. They don't list things down. They put stuff in a calendar, either digitally or in a diary. And they don't just make lists because the list will be never ending. You're never going to cross, like you're never going to finish crossing off mm. your list. Put it in a diary, do it logically. That's why I use the calendar online because I can't fill it with too much yeah. stuff, which means the stuff that isn't even going in the diary, I don't probably even need to do. Which makes sense why you wouldn't need a to-do list. But one of the things that they, well, you know, when you Google successful people, it's like all the top names come up. Richard Branson has said on more than one occasion that he wouldn't have been able to build Virgin without a simple notebook, which he takes with him everywhere he goes. In one interview, Greek shipping magnate, Aristotle said, always carry a notebook, write everything down. That is a million dollar lesson that they don't teach you in business school because your mind's always working, always working, having a little notebook on you with a pen, wherever, because you get it all the time. You, you We're walking, you get a random idea. I text you. And you texted me, which is probably the same thing, but he's always carried a little notebook. So when something springs into your mind, instead of forgetting it, because it could be the stupidest idea, it could be the best idea you've ever had. And then it's forgotten in an instant, but by yeah. writing it down in a notebook, you've always got it there to yeah. go back go back to. I think it's a good idea. It's just a lot of people nowadays don't carry notebooks, do they? Carry there's, there's modern ways of doing this. So adding stuff to your notes, I text you and then I store it in our conversation so that I can go back to it because something I just got in my head otherwise. Yeah. And often I'll have I have a lot of ideas when I go running. So I'll try and do you? Yeah. A lot of I ideas. Don't. Not when not <laughs> my when, brain's like flat. Not when we're together because you're usually waffling on. <laughs> But I'll, I'll when I get back, I'll text you it again. Or uh, another modern example of it, Joe Rogan has one of those, what are they called? No, plunge pools. Not plunge pool. And it, the egg bath. Sensory deprivation tank. And he has a built-in thing where he can record ideas because when he's present just on his own is where he'll have a lot of ideas, so he'll record it. Mm-hmm. So I think, that's, I think that's a trait of what successful people will do is that when they have ideas, they won't just allow them to drift out of their head. Mm. They'll capture them so then they can capitalize on them at a later date or later point. And I feel like this is part of the reason that when you have ideas to act on them, it's important to be able to say no so that you can feel empowered while still getting or maintaining relationship with, relationships with other people because it's difficult to say no to people. It's awkward It's hard. Sometimes. It's hard. It's awkward, but it helps set boundaries. And people will start to respect you for it a lot more. So if you're always a yes guy, that's where you'll lose your time and people will take you for granted. So for the other week I was in the barbers, Ollie said to me, hey, do you fancy doing this or something on such and such a day? And I was like, no. Didn't even have a reason why not to. I just didn't want to give up my Saturday to whatever it was he'd asked me to do. Mm. And I would never have said that before. I was like, uh, I'd be on oh, might do. And then yeah, I'd shit out. Then a bit, you know. then I'd do the shit house thing where I text him, be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And that's the type of thing that we always do. And then it just makes us look worse because then people people know you've bottled it over texting instead of just saying no. And not saying it's an easy thing to do, but we definitely need to swallow that tough pill to then in the future not be facing things that we don't want to do. Well, even a small example this morning, <laughs> I text you, I was like, I'm going to go and train at Modified. And exactly. you're like, no, we're training at Body Tech. And I said, well, I'm not. Yeah. Like, no, I, I don't want to. I can't. Basically, my reason was I can't do glutes there because yeah. I can't do hip thrust. So I was like, no, you go. And I will come and drive to 
to body tech after and we can film. So that for me was like a hard, hard no. Which I mean, it was a bit of an awkward conversation because you were like, why? Like just trip. It's yeah. like, no, I don't want to. I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. I want a good session. 100%. So that's kind of a small example. No, no, that's a great example. But on a bigger scale, Warren Buffett, that you say his name, Buffett, Buffet. Yeah. Buffet, baby. Buffett. Yeah, not Buffet. Buffet. He's not a fucking fine cuisine. <laughs> the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. And James Altucher, Altucher gave Kevin this tip. If something is not a hell yeah, then it's a no. Remember, you only have 1,440 minutes in a day. Don't give them away easily. I know Warren Buffett's like a well extreme example. But again, that was in the list of things that apparently successful people do. And I noted that down before you'd even said, oh, let's discuss the power of saying no. So it categorically is one of those things. But I challenged you on this last week, didn't I? Which? What's saying no? Yeah. With the MyProtein event. Which one? So I was invited to the MyProtein event for International Women's Day and I was supposed to be on a panel, which I said yes to because I love doing that. And then they had actually asked me to host. I've never hosted. That's a completely different ballgame because you need to know the topic of conversation really well and you need to be a good speaker. I wanted to say no out of fear because I was a bit too scared to step on the stage and host. Mm -hmm. But I said yes almost in a way of if I do it once I can do it again so in that circumstance how does it like how does that apply because you've seen value in something so uh, you're not so for example if you looked at what your missions were what you want to achieve what your goals were you're you're going to say yes to the things that bring you closer to that and you're you're harnessing your energy into situations scenarios and plans that help you move further up the ladder towards an that and yeah so and you say no to the things that you know are going to waste your energy because your energy is is the word finite. Like it's not it's not infinite. So you need to protect that and just channel it into the things that are going to bring you closer to the things that you want to achieve and the things that are going to make you happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Sorry, that completely makes sense. Yeah. I'm an opportunist. I see an opportunity, even if something is like, oh my god, that is absolutely terrifying. That was more so for me. What's that quote where it's you kind of? Fit? I was categorically with that faking it, so I made it, making it. Because I didn't, I've, when I've never done something before, and I find speaking on stage quite daunting sometimes, and that was more so just get through it. Whereas a lot of people in that situation might have said no mm-hmm. because they've never done it before, but then you're never going to do it. Yeah. You're never going to do it unless you say yes that first time to an opportunity. Okay, so that's the difference. When there's an opportunity that can help you personally or is just going to develop you as a person. But you were never gonna, you know, you were never gonna be caught out in that scenario. You were never gonna get up on stage and not have a clue what you're talking about because you've got good knowledge. You're a good speaker. You present yourself well. It's not like you've jumped in an F1 car and go, oh, "I'll drive a Mercedes today," because you wouldn't have a clue. Could you imagine? I wouldn't even know. You can't drive. I you can't, even you can't get off our driveway in one piece. Never mind drive around the track in a six million pound yes, car. Yes, I can. You're making it seem like I can't. I'm a very good driver. I just refuse to drive Ben's new car. <sighs> well. Which is also interesting because my new car, which arrives in December, which we will not share yet, has the same engine as Ben's, which is you, hilarious. You moaned about mine for the last three months. Ben's is so And fast. you're getting a bigger version of mine. Yeah, a bigger version, but luxurious. Luxurious. Yours has got little F1 seats. You know in Ben's car, you can take your headrest, red, what headrest. Are they, headrest off the back and put a helmet on. Could you imagine if I sat in your car and you passed me a helmet, I'd be like, what are you doing? 
That is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So yours is more like a sport vehicle. Yes. So I wanted to add that in there as a point of view. Do you know what I, I just realised what POV stands for? Point of view. Yeah. Have you only realised that now? Because when you Google POV, nothing comes what up. What did you believe it stands for? I don't know. I just was like, why is everyone putting POV? I thought it was some like TikTok thing that I just missed. I've never, you've never seen me use the words. No, but POV. what did you think it meant then? Person of something. What? I don't know. Person I don't... of value. Person of value, maybe yeah. What? So someone's gone, right? <laughs> I never really looked in. You someone's... used it yesterday, and I was like, "Point gone." When did I use it? You used it on something. So, so someone's put POV, and mm. it means pe- person of value, and then it's followed by a video of nothing to do with that. What? I just didn't look into it that much, which is why I've never used it. Okay. You used it the other day for something. I can't, because you asked me, you went, can I use POV for this? And I just went, yeah. Yeah, you had no, <laughs> no idea, idea. But then I went off to find out what it meant. Point of view, that was my POV. Great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that insight. Yeah, well, maybe someone else didn't know, and then there you go. Just shared some information. Wasting my time. Yeah. So, like, talking about waste of time. Weekends. How many, how many weekends... And again, the people listening, have you given up? To, to I'm not saying, by the way, don't ever do what other people want to do mm. because life's about still sharing and compromise. So I'll compromise with you because you're something or someone that means a lot to me. I'm talking about when you've given up your your time based on someone else's agenda who you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Just to try and people please or to try and fit in or because of FOMO. So even like, when I went to that Everton game with you, probably in my head was like, do not want to go to a football but game. But when you're in a relationship, it's different. I went with you. Because, yeah, because you, you mean something to me. And I actually really enjoyed myself at the football well, game. To be, well, you, didn't, you wouldn't now. To be fair, I would have, t- I would have said, Chelsea. I would say don't bother because we're shit. But it was Everton versus Chelsea. And I actually really enjoyed myself. And that was something that I put myself out of my comfort zone <laughs> to be at a football game. Do you know what you could practice doing now, though, what we've been speaking about this morning? You can practice go, no, no, you can practice go, boo. <laughs> Practicing your boos. Yeah, no, you shouldn't boo people though. It's nasty. I always do. think that with with sport and football, why would you ever boo someone? I think it depends what it is. Mm, I'd never ever boo someone. I just fer- I personally feel, especially with football, which is why sometimes when I listen to you wa- watching the football, I don't understand why. You shout at the TV. Because I'm getting, so, I'm so passionate. I'm frustrated <laughs> Whereas by what I'm I, I always say to Ben when he's watching the football and he's like shouted at a player, I'm like, you don't know what they're going through. <laughs> Lucy's the, you don't know Lucy's how the they're fucking feeling. therapist while they're playing. Yeah, you don't know how they're feeling. You don't know what's going on. That's he's a, obviously missed the ball for a, a reason. That's an interesting debate, which we're not going to get into today, is that the amount of shit that football players get because they... People, and people would justify it by saying, well, they're on such and such a week. It doesn't mean that a football player doesn't have mental health. Oh, my God, 100%. But I'm, that's a whole... Yeah, we're not... Get, I mean, I'm probably not the best person to talk about football either with. I know the Everton theme tune, but that's my... Uh, mm-hmm. That's as far as I go. I was not... Absolutely Wait, not no, no, it. no. You've, you've led into it now. Please. Which one? I want you to say it. Which one of the five that I know the you Ready? Wait, I need, I need the first lyric. I want to be... I want to be like Deli Ali. I want to wear what Deli Ali wears. I, I want a car like Deli Ali. I, I want dreadlocks in my hair. Cal, <laughs> 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 Cal, are you impressed? <laughs> I just, yeah. 
That's and that's what I was. We were running the other day. We, I did like my longest run, and that was in my head. And then the whole way, I was like, <laughs> I wanna be Deli Ali. It's a good name, that isn't it, Deli Ali? Mm. Deli Ali. Adelphi was good on the pitch. Yeah, sorry, that was. I bet that absolutely just made people's day. You're welcome. <laughs> I've actually made a list of the things that saying no more has allowed me to do. Mm-hmm. So number one, be at the gym with no distractions. How? Because I won't do certain things. Are you done with that so, kit? No. <laughs> so how oft, how often do me and Kyle now actually shoot stuff during the workout? Hardly ever. Mm. Do little bits, but most of the time we do stuff after the session because we'll just get on with the gym session now and do it. Or I'll, if something comes up on my phone, I'll just ignore it. Yeah. I won't look at it. It's, it's meant that I could spend more time pissed about with you because I say no. To, I don't answer as many DMs as I used to. I used to, I and I used to get pissed off at people who didn't do this because I used to think it's ignoring your community. It's not doing that, and I will try and get back to most of them over time. But if I miss some now, it's not the end of the world for me because I've still got to protect my time. Yeah. Um, choose to say no. So, for example, I've I've chosen to say no to taking on clients at certain points because it allows me to have more free time and stop me being overwhelmed. Even potentially where I could have took another client on, I've said no. Yeah. And I then, think, can I just interject on that yeah. one as well? That's one of mine with my online clients. I love my girls. I love working with them. But my hard no is do not message me on a Saturday night mm-hmm. and Sunday night because that is my time. And they all absolutely respect that. But I just have to put that out there first saying, please do not message me when I'm taking time off everything. Mm-hmm. It's allowed me to push back deadlines to spend time with family. Push back deadlines. Push back deadlines, but yes, you're not just say no. Deadlines, oh, as in just no, a deadline's not happening because yeah. I've got stuff on, got family stuff on, doing other stuff. Yeah, it's allowed me to choose what to do with my evenings. Say yeah. no, say no, like it's a cut off point, like I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Have full days unplanned with no to do lists. Yeah, it's allowed me to choose, um, like the other week not to do an Instagram live to have a call with my dad. Yeah. I'm going to do more stuff with my dad. Yeah. So that that they were just a few things that saying no has allowed me to do. And they sometimes to some people that might seem like blatantly obvious. It's just stuff that people do or what they do with their lives. But I bet you anyone listening today could probably write a list of if you said no more, the things that you would be able to do or gain back well, without I... without costing you anything. I even had that the other day. I was asked to go somewhere next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I couldn't do the Monday and Wednesday because we've got two very special podcast guests. And I was asking about the Tuesday and I just said, no. Like, no, I can't, I can't travel for six hours in that day for this one particular thing. I just, at the moment, I'm not ready to do that. And that was a really good decision for me because I know I already preempted if I had said yes, how freaking stressed I would have been yeah. to go and do that particular thing, which would have been great. It was a collaboration, meet new people, awesome. No, I can't, this, that's just the time. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you well, even need to say sorry on to some extent? Yeah, you can be, you don't have to be a twat and say no. No, I'd always say so. I'm just, yeah, you can be polite. Yeah. Like that's part of how you do it is you still want to keep relationship with people. <laughs> no, you I can, know. No, fuck you. But, uh, but that's an interesting topic, isn't it? Because, a lot of people, they'll do something and then say sorry when there was nothing. 
I mean, I'm very apologetic. I bump into a table. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Just hit you. Where's that? Where's I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd make sure you apologize for that. No, no, but in certain situations, I think sometimes people apologize just because they feel guilty, but there was actually no necessary reason to apologize. And they've done mm-hmm. it to make a conversation easier. Yeah, 100% agree. But I mean, I am that person. <laughs> I will always be like, oh my God, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. But if there's a reason why you can't do something, mm-hmm. like I'm visiting my grandma next week and it's like a three hour round trip. I'd never say, oh, I can't do this podcast. Sorry, I'm visiting my grandma. Mm-hmm. It's just, I can't do the podcast. If you, if you try, tr- I think you should re- definitely read the book because if you try to say no a little more, you'll be surprised how much more of life you will have in your hands. Mm. It's very, very hard to eliminate stuff you've already invested in. It's like that uh, sunken sunken cost fallacy. Yeah. You know what that is, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to explain it to just in case listeners don't know what it is? Mm -hmm. So sunken cost fallacy is where it could be a relationship, could be a job, it could be a fitness program that you've invested in. You feel like because you've invested a lot of time into it, you need to continue to do that. Even if it doesn't bring even if it doesn't even bring, bring value or happiness anymore, so you get stuck. You get stuck option. in the position, yeah. And even on top of that, like if you try to do everything and never say no, you just become like the jack of all trades because you never really harness in, you never focus, you never niched into anything. You're trying, you're, sp- you're trying to spin plates. I guess as well. Maybe we should say to people what we have found really good methods of saying no. Because it's not easy. I think sometimes saying no to things can be really, really awkward. Yeah. And it can feel uncomfortable. But is that just something where once you do it once and you've bitten the bullet and in your head you're thinking, look, I've got to put myself first. But this particular moment, it's going to feel a bit awkward and you just need to get through that. It's hard, isn't it? Because we all have the power of choice. If, If you feel overworked or you're pulled too thin or you've been stretched, struggle for time, constantly distracted even when you are doing the things that you enjoy it's hard to Mm -hmm. say no to those other things but it's if you if you get more comfortable doing it it's like with anything like you become more confident in how you say it and everyone's different in how you will communicate that yeah if that makes sense yeah it does i was just more so thinking of ways because I've definitely got better over the years, but I, I I do sometimes still find it quite difficult. I, do you know why I think we sometimes find it difficult though? It's it's our association with the word no. You always yeah, you always see negativity. it as a negative. I think that partly is due to when you were a child. So when we're kids, we never want to hear it. We associate the word with denial and rejection, and like when you ask your dad if you can go outside and take a poo in the garden or whatever it is. Do you say no? Well, because... the definition of no is used to give a negative response, not at all, to no extent, not. So it does. It is a ne- it's a negative word. It has negative connotations. So when you say no to someone, well, for me anyway, I used to think, oh my god, I've hurt their feelings. Oh my goodness, like I've upset them because it's such an it has such That's negative what I mean. connotations. I think we picked that up when we kids. Because you get told no and you you automatically associate that with a negative. But what you've got to view it as instead is a protective shield of your time and energy. Help protect things. As in it helps protect your 
yourself. Yeah, your like time, how you feel, your energy, energy, your happiness. Yeah. Well, it is. So it's the definition of being a people pleaser if you have to say yes to every single person. Yeah. That's not the definition of yes. Being yes is about like searching your answer. But being a people pleaser is you always have to say yes to things. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to put your own self in a position that's not comfortable for you, that you lose time, you miss out on certain things because you said yes to other things. Yeah. It's like the example that we're missing an event in August and that was quite probably quite difficult for us. We didn't say no to it though. No, that was more so just two we're things but intertwined. They, the, the, the most successful and the people in the world will say no mm. to a lot of things. Um, Steve Jobs was very famous for it. Yeah. He said, I am just as proud of the things I haven't done. No, I have done as I haven't. So he's just as proud of the things that he's achieved in life as he is to the things that he said no to. Because he said focusing is about saying no. And that's what Apple are very famous for, the very minimalist sort of brand. And and I'd imagine he's he's led a similar ethos, ethos. as essentialism provides. So... But, Sorry, go on. Because especially in a working environment or even any environment, by taking on more and more and more things makes you more busy and more stressed about things. That's not what you want to be. You don't be stressed out about shit all the time because you're taking too much on. Mm. 100% there's going to be times in life where you're all like that. But you don't want to be living life constantly stressed about stuff because you've taken on so much stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think something that is really helpful for people who have maybe always been a people pleaser like myself and I had to train myself to say no more. It's actually a strategy suggested by someone to have an anchor phrase. And it's probably not the best thing to do all the time, but just to start off, and examples might be, I have a policy of, or I'd rather say no to you now rather than disappoint you later. And then you practice that phrase. I know it's probably not the best scenario because you would just jump in and say, oh no, sorry. But for people who do feel a bit more awkward, who might be a bit more socially anxious, by having an anchor phrase, you can learn to say it with a bit more confidence. Like, oh, I'd rather say no to you now because, look, I just don't want to disappoint you later. And then you can practice that with confidence. Then over time, you might find it easier to say no to people. Mm -hmm. But rather than, you know, going in full force, that could make you feel really overwhelmed or really anxious by just suddenly saying no to people when you're trying to put yourself first. It's probably a nice stepping stone for people. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a it's an easy way to suppose to break the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an icebreaker. Yes, as you're learning to say no. I think what the author as well, Greg McEwen, described essentialism as is, and it will resonate with some people. Is it's the pursuit of less? Yeah, that's what it is—the pursuit of less. Yeah, which is quite strange. I think in a society at the moment where everyone's wanting more, you're, you're pursuing less in life. It doesn't mean that you you don't want to achieve more. It's just that you're pursuing to do less things. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about them when I was in my head. The other thing Steve Jobs did, do you, do you remember? He, I think he was the first famous person who would have that same polo neck, uh, not polo neck, turtle neck. He'd have the same clothes in his wardrobe all the time. Am I right, Carl? Yeah, he had the same things. Yeah, he's pretty famous for it. Yeah, so... He, again, that comes down to essentialism. I but think Steve Jobs also had a, uh, so similar to Daniel Radcliffe, um, basically, if you wear the same thing day in, day out, 
then the paparazzi and the people who are taking pictures of you on a Monday will get the same pictures as they will get on a Wednesday and the same pictures they get on a Saturday. So eventually they'll just stop following you because it looks like they're just reusing the same pictures. <laughs> That's actually quite clever as well. But takes away that element of choice. So he was trying to make his day as minimalistic as possible so he could focus his energy and other stuff which required his attention. Obviously, mm. he's taken shit to the extreme. But if you want to be the best in the world at what you're doing, in some scenarios, you need to be extreme. Yeah, I think that is probably quite an extreme example, but it's also a good example. It, I mean, I probably won't pinpoint that to why it got to him, yeah. where it got to, but I'm it sure is an interesting example. I don't know if you know, yeah. guys know the story about Steve Jobs, like extreme minimalism, but um, there was a point that Apple engineers brought the first iPod to him um, and he said, oh, we can make this smaller. And they said, no, no, we've taken it back. This is the last revision. We physically can't make it any smaller. This is as small as it gets. And so he took the iPod and threw it across the boardroom into a uh, fish pond. Um, <laughs> and then all of the air bubbles that started coming out of it, he said, see all that air inside the iPod? Yeah, there's space that we can get rid of. Go back and make it again. And they did. They came back again with the iPod Nano. And that's how you got the tiny, tiny iPod. That's a oh cool story. Uh, apparently, he was a bit of a nightmare to work for. As you can Have you seen imagine. the Steve Jobs film? I've not seen it, no. He was. from The way he depicted that, he was a bit of an angry head as well. But... I always feel like this with a lot of successful people. There's always something a bit fucking wacky to them as well. The focus there was something, is another level. There's something similar with, I don't know what the story, I don't know which car company it was. I don't know if it was Ford. Uh, they went back and forth with the engine. And they, they said... Wasn't it, it Ferrari I don't in know. that film? No, I'm not talking about the film. Oh. They went back and forth saying, we can make it smaller. We can make it smaller. We can make it smaller. I don't know if it was... His name was it was might have been Henry Ford, who I don't Mr. know if it was Ford. I don't know if it was Ford who did it. Mister Car. But they're saying it can't be any smaller. We can't make this engine any smaller. And they got it down way, way, way smaller, 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 smaller again. Yeah, because he was so like anal about that one particular thing. Yeah, and again, just minimalist about what was actually needed in the car. Again, like talking about cars. Um, what's his name did it in the film that you're talking about? Drive. Oh, Nicky Lauda. Was I not talking about them? Oh, Drive is such yeah. a Nick, good Nicky film. Lauda. He's, he, Nicky he, Lauda. He strips weight off the car, which makes it go faster because, yes. again, it's applying sort of that incredible. minimalist approach. Yeah, definitely. There was just something that I was looking at there and you kind of touched on this before, but I just wanted to go into it a tiny little bit more. And when you're trying to actually work out whether to say no or not, so it's all good and well like saying no to people, but these particular questions to assess the opportunity costs. So the questions are, do you want to do this? So say if you've been asked something, yeah. da, 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 do you want to do this? And then you're sat there thinking, these are questions you want to ask yourself. Do I want to do this? Do I have the time, energy, and money for this at the moment? Will this add value to my life? Is this aligned with my values? And am I only saying yes because I'm scared of saying no? So they're five really top questions I mean, obviously, if you're having a conversation with someone, you can't just sit there and go, hmm, question number one. What I'm going to ask you is, I've got a couple noted down. Just so people have something tangible to take away, what what can people do or what can we do in order to gain more of that time back? And what can we do, not just by saying no, but applying it to other parts? So for me, stop filling my diary with loads of shit. I didn't need to be there. So cutting things out. Because saying no isn't just about saying no to people. It's about saying no to doing certain things. So stop filling my diary with loads of crap I didn't need. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't serve the purpose of what you're trying to achieve. You're just putting it in there to fill space or you're just putting it in there 
because you because it's always been there that sunken cost fallacy look at things in your life where you're applying time just due to the you've always done it can you can you think of something that you actually do now let's try and think of something now that you do because you've always done it or something that you used to do because you always did it something that i used to do or something that you still do that i shouldn't be doing i can think of something go on tell me cleaning I feel like you've got to clean. But you do it, you do loads of it when you don't need to. <laughs> Too much of it. I think I'm better than I was. Yeah, but you still waste a lot of time and energy. I mean, I guess that's more of a psychological thing as yeah. well to do with you being a real per- perfectionist for stuff. Yeah, probably slightly different. Yeah. But that no, that probably is partially one of them. I can't really, I can't, I I don't think I would be, would be able to pinpoint something. I think we're pretty good at it now, but I think because I've, we, I've read the book and try and apply things with yourself, it's, it doesn't happen as often, but you'll find things in life where you'll just piss energy away. The other thing is clean up the wardrobe stuff you don't need. Essentialism. Give it to charity, give it to friends, give it to family. Remove distractions. So there's things around you or even applying to fitness, so there's foods around you that you often pick on or whatever, that comes down to habit forming. Get rid of them. You don't need them. It's going to waste energy. Great productivity tip for you. And I put this in my YouTube video last week. On your phone, there's a setting where you can choose who contacts you, what apps contact you, and if you get emails. So if you're doing work, you need to focus. Put it on the certain settings. Fitness mode. Nobody can contact me except you and Cal. Yeah. Which I just think is, like, to me, it's been a game changer because the fact nobody, I cannot get those messages I'm not missing anything. Yeah. They'll come through later. The other thing is, and this is really hard because it comes down to being more self-aware, but it's being present and stop being busy happy. Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? Busy happy. So having to do things all the I time. I was the worst at this, by the way, when it came to family holidays or going out on meals. Because in I remember being on family holidays or family occasions, even New Year's Eve. A couple of years ago, we were sat up doing work on New Year's Eve, doing stuff with the with the website or on holiday, oh, yeah, doing stuff that. or going and recording loads of workouts or getting up at 6 a.m. on family holiday to record videos for the member site or other stuff. Like we'd put in a lot of graft, but you, you, you're there on that holiday to spend time with friends and family and not not be busy doing stuff. Well, that's knowing your boundaries. We yeah. just cross boundaries constantly. But that's part constantly. of the thing of saying no. Is, is laying your boundaries out mm-hmm. and for them to be respected. Yeah, 100%. Exercise. Is what for what? Gives you back time mm-hmm. by being more productive. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people see it, exercise, oh, that's going to take up a 30, 40, and an hour of my day. But exercise has been proven and shown to make you way more productive. Yeah. So you actually gain back time from your productivity. Yeah, so that's actually a mindset a mindset shift of not looking as, oh God, the gym's going to take an hour. It's, oh, I'm adding an hour of value to my life. It's a mindset shift. I don't think that's it's nothing more than... Again, though, if you value exercise, like it's going to... Yeah, but that's a really good way of, oh God, the gym's going to take an hour. It's going to take an hour. It's, it's not going to take an hour. You're You're gaining so much value for yourself or X, Y, and Z, whatever you're doing for your health. So don't look at it in a, you're losing time. You're just adding value. Yeah, adding value to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, FOMO. Fear of missing out. Understanding it. Understanding when you're applying it. 
Yeah. So I'm just pulling up some quick stats here, and this comes down to purchases and buy and buying tendencies of people. Sixty percent of people make purchases because of FOMO. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't FOMO more so when people are like at events and fear, it can be it can apply to anything, fear of missing out. So, for example, let's apply it to something that we watched recently. Wrong gone wrong. Great film. Disney film. You haven't seen it yet. You know we love a Disney film. Wrong that gone wrong. Intense. So the kid fear of missing out. He didn't have basically this this Don't film. Don't give we, it away too much. I won't. It's this Disney animation. Really cool the way it's done. And it's this kid based it's all based on so it's based on social media as well. That's but strange. depicted in a different way of how people are so plugged into digital all the time that they they're disconnected that they don't gain friends in a normal way and all these kids have these robots basically and this kid doesn't have one he's the only person in school who doesn't have one and he really 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 wants one just based on the fact that he believes he's missing out yeah it's great great example and also great movie so again that's why his his dad eventually buys one that's not giving away because you see he gets one on the the trailer but again that's down to pet purchasing or, or buying tendencies because yeah. people think that they're gonna gonna miss out i didn't know i had it in that same way i thought it was just due to when you're like at events and stuff but no absolutely mm-hmm. and that's i think all i had have you got any other advices advices no i feel i think what i said before about having some of those phrases that you can use to help you with the conversations. I don't know if that's because I'm slightly more of an anxious person that I'm already thinking about what the person is, is how they're going to react. But I think by having those phrases, like just don't want to disappoint you later. So I'm just going to say no now. I think that to me is probably one of the most powerful things you can start off by doing, or you can just be hardcore and go in there and say, no, sorry, it's completely up to you. But personally for me, that is what would, would really help. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to know now my little, uh, Little nugget, secret information. No, sorry, I can't right now. I don't want to disappoint you later. <laughs> so, just two things that I want to finish on is in a in a world where everyone's so busy and trying to do more, try and appreciate why less can be better. And the second thing, and I was thinking about this very crudely when I was on a dump the other day, and it is. <laughs> you like that? It's just so <laughs> such normal conversation. It is. Yeah. We're very relaxed on this podcast. We talk yeah. openly and honestly. Your bum does. It does? Yeah, you talk out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try and make sure that I get this quote the right way around. Go on. So in the end, we... Let me think about it before I say it. In the end, we, don't, we do not want to live to work. We often work to live. Like you don't just want to live your life just to constantly work. Yeah. The reason why a lot of time like we discussed taking it back to the start of the podcast is that we then work to live because you can get joy from work, but then also you can create freedom from doing your work and then living the rest of your life and not letting work just continue, continue and be the whole kind of anchor of your day and let it take over your whole day. Mm-hmm. Like in, in essence, you do work to live because then you create freedom for yourself to do other things when you get home or when you do other stuff. Don't let that then filter in and what's the word I'm looking for? Don't let it filter in and just take over the rest of your life as well. Yeah, you want to give yourself the opportunity to give yourself 
time mm-hmm. and energy to do other things. And again, it, it comes down to making making and creating those boundaries. Yeah. Oh, we love a boundary. You do. Setting boundaries, though, is absolutely, it, you have to do it, especially, well, I mean, we work on social media quite heavily. You have to set boundaries. Get off social media at 10 p.m. Yeah. It's like, the other, it's like it. the other night when I was watching the Use his fu- fucking boundaries. Which? The honey badges. Oh. <laughs> Bet, right, honestly. Wait, there, no, 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 let me, so let me explain it. So we got in a bit, by the way, great movie. We went and watched the Batman film the other day. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I would rate it 8.5 out of 10. I changed, I gave it an 8. Now it's an 8.5. Just based on, do you know when you come away from a film and you think about it a bit? You fell asleep? It was fucking half 11 at night. <laughs> it wasn't based on the movie. It was the fact <laughs> that I was usually in bed by half 10. But the film was great. And <laughs> we did that thing as well. Where, you know, when you go into the cinema, I could have taken a banana in and just would have had the banana. But we bought bags and bags of popcorn and shitloads of sweets and finished it all in 10 minutes. That must be just a normal thing. Because you just want to eat it all when you first yeah. get in, don't you? It's no like, one else was you don't, it chicken. can't last. No. You can't last. No. It's got to be gone. Yeah. But anyway, we, we came out of the cinema. We got back about half 11, quarter to 12 because we went to a late viewing. Lucy went off to bed and I was downstairs on my phone. She shot, she shot me from upstairs. Ben? Ben, yeah, I'll be up in a minute. Ben, yeah, I'll be up in a minute. And I just got caught in this realm. I'm sure other people do it. Do you know when you go on TikTok or something? And then it went from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube. And I started watching just a couple of TikToks that came up of animals. And then I got onto animals that were fighting. And then I got onto the top 10 honey badger encounters <laughs> with other animals where they had them off. And I watched a full 35 minute video of honey badgers fighting against different animals and beating them as well. I was so involved in it as well. Yeah, so involved. So involved. I went to bed at like 11, quarter past 11. You came up at quarter past one. I was like, Ben, what? What? Oh, I thought I was watching Honey Badgers. When I came to bed, I started showing you the Honey Badgers. And now every night, because I'm, I've got a very solid nighttime routine. I'm up, you know, getting in bed, skincare done, half 10. Ben kind of trottles up at like 11, quarter past 11. I shut down. I'm like, don't be watching those fucking honey badgers. <laughs> like, I do it out of the, the love that I know Ben tells me. I say, I'll bring me up to bed with you because I'll get carried away. Do you know what I was watching last night, though? Honey badgers. I was watching alligators. It's even worse. So, it, alligators have get off, had off quite often, you know? Had off? Yeah. Hmm? As in, like, they get beat. By what? Weird animals. Like a hippo. Hippos are yeah, aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. The, the other one, what do they have to get off of? Obviously, elephants, warthogs. Yeah, I could with the tusks. And the other one, which is really interesting. Oh my god, have you seen a python swallow an alligator? Yeah. I've watched. The, the I've, whole, wa- I've watched. Yeah. I've watched horrendous porn before, but this is like another level. Like watching a python swallow an alligator. It's <laughs> a whole different level of deep throat. But the last one was it got one of them got killed by an electric eel. This alligator goes, oh, bites on oh, this electric eel. And then all you see is this alligator just fitting out like, uh-uh. You watch this on poisonous? YouTube, by the way. Uh, do you like my acting? What? Because they're poisonous. Why Electric eel? It's poisonous. It's electric. Yeah, and, well, no, it's not electric. She is electric, thank you, Carl. Is it like, is off electricity? Isn't like, she is well, electric. Well, that, that wasn't my point, but how would that just suddenly... They radiate electricity. Cal, what, what can an electric eel give off in regards to volts? 
You can eat them. Just let them play an argument. Yeah, when it's it. dead. Yeah. They you don't eat it when must... it's alive. You don't fucking no. plug it in before you have to start it. But you must, to an extent, they must be poisonous to an extent. It's not poisonous. So, yeah, electric eels aren't poisonous. Uh, you certainly don't eat them, by the way. Um, they <laughs> You do? Eels, not electric eels. Uh, not electric eels. Yeah, not all eels are electric. Got you. Um, they give off up to 600 volts uh, from their tails. How how can we compare that to, like, 600 volts? What's that? Like, how can we give some kind of context to what 600 That'd volts fine, is? So 600 volts obviously sounds like a lot, but I wonder what that is comparable to. So if you think this alligator has got bit, gone into bite, I'll have, I'll have a big bite of that. Uh, sausage, that bratwurst. Well, how would you say this? How would you say sausage in German? Sausage. No, you don't say it like that. You put on an accent. Schnitzel. 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 That's there you it. go. Why did I just say sausage? So we're trying to pull up. Bolts. Uh, commonly used to conduct other conduct temperature. Doesn't actually give you an. You exact... wore the bolts in like a plug socket at home. Is that what you're trying to you're pull? asking some difficult questions here. I'm literally asking you to Google what a volt is for. At 600 volts, the current through the body may be as great as 4 amps, causing damage to internal organs such as the heart, produces burns, blood so vessels. In the UK, the plugs are 230 volts, so they are three oh to four God. times more powerful than a plug socket. Imagine that. That's, yeah, okay. How do we get on the topic of conversation? Because you started talking about honey badges, and then we went into what, what I watched oh, last yeah. night, which okay. is the alligator video i apologize for that interlude guys but maybe you enjoyed it but this is again where sometimes i need to say no because i'm getting hooked into honey badgers alligators honey badgers are really interesting though by the way they seem non-dangerous but they are they are dangerous bad motherfuckers yeah but thank you (laughs) we've got way off topic here yeah but that's always fun thank you for listening to today's podcast if you oh also there's a couple of things i want to finish on one today's episode sponsor coro mm-hmm. we'll leave links in the description so you can grab some those chocolate bangers we had the other day we were went saying, through those they, we need to get more they, they they're good at doing like the bulk item buys and saving you money so yeah. they're great have a look at those the other thing we got three kilograms of oats actually, oh yeah we've been, been using them every morning so if you look if you see mine and lucy's daily goat bowl that is mm-hmm. using the coro oats as mm-hmm. well super handy they come in like a massive bag so you never have to nip out to the shops when they go missing yeah the other thing is we are going to be running a new micro school challenge at oh the gosh, yeah. end of this month, which we'll tell you guys more about. But if you want to jump on early, there is we currently have a, a code for podcast listeners only, which is not so fit twenty. So again, we'll leave a link to, to the description to our coaching membership site so you can check that out. Yep. And, and as always, as Ben said at the start, leaving any reviews on the podcast is incredible for us. If we also have any of our members listening to who are currently members on the Micro School app, if you could leave a review on the app, that also reviews yeah. make a massive difference to us. Like they really, really, really do help both the podcast and the app. Yeah, if you just go on Micro School app on Apple App Store or Google Play Store, type in the Micro School, give it a yeah. cheeky little five star. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we like, isn't it? And continue when you're out on your walks, when you're in the car, even yeah. if you watch on YouTube, love continue it. to share, tag us in them because we love seeing you guys listening and tuning in. And we'll see you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.